0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Scouting for Growth. Today, I'm meeting with Enrique Volpi, one of the co founders and the CEO of Cacao. Cacao is one of the very first insurtechs in Latin America. It is also not only an tech, but a tech platform that improves insurance operations and deals with complex financial services. It also delivers a fully digital experience through the use of machine learning and robotic process automation. Enrique is actually one of the co-authors of the InsurTech book, which I co-edited with some of my colleagues in the marketplace. He's also the co-founder and board member of the InsurTech Association of Brazil. During this podcast, we will discuss InsurTech in LATAM and Brazil, selling insurance via the phone, Brazil's regulator approving subscription transaction models, NFT policies, the future tech-led business models. So let's dive into today's discussion. Hi, Ricky, Thank you very much for being with me today on Scouting for Growth.
1: Hello, Sabine. It's my pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you again, uh, although virtually, but meeting you again, it's uh, and always forward, a good
0: thing. I look forward to seeing you soon, I hope. <laughs> yes. So you are in São Paulo, Brazil. So tell me how things are in in Brazil at the moment.
1: So uh, things are getting back to normal. There's so been uh, a lot of traffic jams in in São Paulo because you know uh, during the the pandemic and right after the pandemic we didn't have traffic, we didn't have a lot of people going around. So uh, it looks like now that things are going back to normal. We see that the the office buildings are are busy, Uh, you know, taxis and Ubers going around, uh, uh, traffic as it used to be, restaurants are packed. So um, it's good to see that, you know, uh, finally um, life is going back to to the way it used to be.
0: That's superb to hear. And actually, Enrique, you are in Insuretech, and it would be great to explore some of the points I made into my introduction because you are uh, a co-founder and CEO of Cacao, and so it would be great to hear who is Cacao. But also, you actually many years back set up as a founder, and at the time you were president of the InnoTech Association of Brazil. So tell us a little bit more about your two activity.
1: Yes, uh, so you know, uh, Sabine. Uh... Uh, during the time that we launched the InsureTech book uh, together, you as an author, I'm a, a, a editor and me as a co-author, uh, we went back to Brazil and uh, wanted to, uh, to prove a few theses. So back in the days, so almost six years uh, now, uh, people would question in Brazil if it was possible to sell insurance uh, via the digital space. You know, back in the days, it was only done by the phone. You could uh, actually originate business via uh, digital, via Google AdWords and, and so on. But having a fully digital experience, it wasn't the case back then. So, you know, we kind of did a contrarian thing and uh, went to, to, to do that uh, because, you know, we knew that around the world that was a, a, a real trend. Uh, so the first thing we did, uh, we went to a very uh, large legal firm in Brazil called Pinheiro Neto and ask for their help because, you know, it is a regulated space, right? Uh, my background is in tech. My co-founder Marcelo has had a background in insurance and, uh, and we understood the importance of, you know, having a, um, a legal team. And we designed the first, one of the first digital MGAs in Brazil. So we would do everything around the digital space that the insurance carriers at the time weren't doing. Uh, but we would, uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, write uh, uh, in their balance sheets because we didn't have the, at the time we didn't have a license, and at the same time because of that we went to the ro- local regulator that it's called Susepi in Rio. They are based in beautiful Rio de Janeiro, and we went there as uh, almost like. Uh, a suicidal mission because, you know, it was yes or no. We wanted to do a subscription uh, business, insurance subscription business. At the time, it wasn't uh, uh, normal to do that. And to our surprise, the regulator was very pro-business, very pro-innovation. And they said, you know, you can do it as long as the carrier approves. There is no problem to have a, a, a insurance on no a subscription model, and so we launched Cacao. Uh, you know, our first uh, product was uh, uh, renters and home insurance, was a direct to consumer uh, um, business. And yes, uh, 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 even though uh, it was very hard, as you know, because there's a lot of work around that, uh, we did prove that we, you could sell policies. Uh, uh, in the digital space. Later on we add uh, some new products uh, such as uh, smartphone insurance. And we can talk about more later because you know it's a really a brazilian phenomenon. Just yesterday uh Nubank, uh, largest uh, one of the largest fintechs in the world, said they have 700,000 policies around life insurance and smartphone insurance. So it's it's something in Brazil that it's going uh, very fast. And then uh, the last product was uh, micro mobility, so we are insuring uh, uh, electrical bikes, uh, bicycles, uh, triathlon, speed, and all that. Uh, so it's uh, it has been an interesting journey. And just this year, we launched our tech company, Cacao Tech, that it's going to help uh, other uh, insurance carriers and techs, other uh, financial services companies to, you know, uh, go and, and do. Uh, their digital transformation. We have our own RPA uh, solution. We have the modules that we have uh, wrote uh, or coded during the Kakao the uh, days. Uh, and we did get our license this year as well as a carrier.
0: That's incredible. And so... You have have talked about so many things, right? You have two parts of cacao, right? You have the the insurance part and the platform part that you're positioning, I guess, as a service to enable others to take advantage of the revolution happening in insurance. But also, you also have been supporting the insurtech market in Brazil through the association. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: So the association was a a, a very organic and funny thing. Because, you know, we were, Since the beginning, since the get-go, we were talking to the regulator. So different from other startups that were afraid to go to Rio and speak. We are just shooting straight and talking to them and say, hey, we want to do this. Is that okay? Is that legal? Can we move forward? Uh, And we were talking uh, uh, so frequently with them that they asked us and they said, look, we cannot uh, have this uh, kind of activity. We cannot talk to you that much. You need the entity. You know to to go to to manage that. So uh, fair enough, we went back to 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 our legal uh, uh, partner and uh, and we set up the the first uh, association, the Brazilian Association. We started with um, you know four or five companies. Uh, I was elected the first uh, president and stayed uh, as a president for the first two and a half years. Uh, but now we have uh, more than twenty members. I'm a, a member of the board. Uh, uh, it is more. Uh, it is a more mature uh, insurtech market in Brazil. Um, you know, we help the regulator um, get close to the FCA in the UK. We help the regulator run the first uh, uh, model of the sandbox. And we are able to propose a lot of things, which is very, very nice. Just to give you an example, uh, during the, the design of the first sandbox, they wanted to do... Uh, um, a mono product uh, operation. So you would only be allowed to run a sandbox with only one product and, and you couldn't change. So you had to explain to them all the concept of pivoting in startup land, right? So, you know, if that product doesn't work, you know, the comp- the, the carrier, the, the the baby carrier is going to fail. You're going to fail. The program is going to fail. So you have to give us uh, some kind of leverage. You know, we have to change. At the very least, we have to, you know, you uh, know, write two or three products and and, and and try that out and and they were very very uh, uh happy to 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 do that and so since the first sandbox you were allowed to to have more than one product You were allowed to to change during the the, the term of the license so uh it's been very interesting also another contribution that we have done um around the, the first uh, Insurance and linked securities in Brazil as well. So we are, you know, part of the conversation, which is very nice. Uh, we are also infused, uh, the, increasing the the capability of uh, of a carrier to 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 have uh, uh, reinsurance. It used to be 50% of premiums. Now we are increasing to to more than that. So. You know, and of course, it's not the merit of the association alone. It's also the, the, the other carriers, the other reinsurers. So but we are work, working as a team. It has been a, a, a fantastic surprise. I mean, because the people from the industry, they, they used to come to me and say, hey, uh, the regulator is not very innovative. You know, it's going to take some time. They're usually uh, very strict. But uh, to be uh, honest, uh, it's a, it is a good surprise. They're doing very, very well.
0: It's great to hear. And, you know, I was just uh, quickly uh, checking my database and I count around some between 80 to 90, um, you know, insurtechs in Brazil. What is the true number? Because I was looking as well at investment and I can see probably the market is raising probably 70 million a year around, you know, 60 to 70 million a year. And, um and uh, quite a few startups, right? Um, you know, eighteen and it. And I assume you know a lot of the innovation has been around distribution and enabling the customer, right, the consumer, to get access to retail insurance products.
1: Yes, uh, you know, uh, actually, just last week we had this insuretech uh, uh, Latin insuretech forum, uh, and it was very interesting because I saw. Uh, New faces. So going back to to Nigel's point in your uh, former uh, other podcast, you know that's that's the great sign. You know, yeah. new faces, people, uh, uh, you know, new kids on the block coming to us and asking questions, asking good questions, and, and doing things that are different. You know, uh, instead of uh, just you know auto insurance for for consumer, they are doing fleet insurance for. For B 2 B, so you know uh, this is it is becoming very interesting. You know the the real number it varies been I mean, from from 1790 to 200 because there are some companies that they call themselves, insure tech, and I don't think it's fair for us to determine if it if it is or if it's not. You know if you call yourself an insure tech and you have tech, I think it's fair enough. Uh, so it varies a little bit. But it it is increasing. I see new faces, which is very nice. I see new uh, theses around gig economy, around uh, uh, a lot around embedded insurance and some some, uh, uh, commercial and corporate lines, which is uh, very, very interesting. So uh, in terms of funding, uh, we had uh, two great years, uh, 2021. Um, you know it's probably around half a billion if you add everything from the beginning from the very beginning of insurance tech to 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 last year things are a little, a, little, a little bit slower right now as it should be it is slower around around the world but it's such a uh, interesting opportunity that i think it's going to 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 recover fast so you know what we are discussing uh, within cacao and within the association and you know uh, it is a a tough time. It is a winter. Is it, it might be a crisis, but you know, typically what's happening now, uh, it's more volatile. So it will go back faster than we think. Guys, uh, it's our it's our take.
0: Interestingly enough, you know, when I look at the, the data around Latam, and I have to say, Enrique, you are my first guest a guest from uh, La- La- Latin America, and I look forward to welcoming uh, others. You know, I've been looking at Newbank and some of the innovation happening in your region, and it's fascinating to me because there's so much to learn uh, as to how you you service a younger population, but also how you actually get people to get more educated and aware of the value of insurance. So my question to you is, when you look at LATAM, I guess Brazil still remain the main market, the biggest market when you look at FinTech, Insurtech followed by Mexico. So tell us a little bit more around the history around Insurtech, Fintech in LATAM, because I'm sure this is a question probably um, a lot of our listeners is trying to to grapple around. And where do you see the market going into the future? As you're saying, you know, the market is doing well. It's growing. There is interest and probably technology is still you know, you, we are talking about NFT metaverse now, so I'm sure there are new things going to come ahead of, uh, of us in the next few years as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, that's a great question, Sabine, because I was involved in the in the beginning of fintech in Brazil as an investor. So I, I was in you know, my background in tech. I was in the corporate world. I used to be in roles around the uh, started in the technical roles and sales and, and product roles and, and so on. Uh, but in, in, in 2011 I met Brett King in, in, in Brazil. So he came uh, all the way from New York uh, you know very good uh, TED speaker and author uh, as you know. And, and we had this conversation because he was telling me about M-Pesa, so the case of Fintech case in Kenya. Uh, and I you know and it really touched my heart because I think it's uh, very similar to Brazil and, and I was like, you know we have to do something to 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 go to to the underprivileged uh, population of Brazil. Uh, so then I became an investor on a lending company that you know uh, still uh, going uh, invested now by SoftBank, uh, and they are uh, you know giving fair lending to 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 people around Brazil, which is a you know a very important case. Uh, and at the same time, we were discussing this with um, uh, you know the regulators, you know the central bank. Uh, and the question is, you know, uh, when you have the, the when we have a gap, you know, it, it is a gap of protection, it, it is a gap of money as well. So the first thing you have to learn uh, in financial education, especially in Brazil, but I think it's similar to Southeast Asia, as we spoke, it's similar to in, in Africa as well, in Latin America uh, as a whole. But, you know, uh, they have to learn how to make money. That's the first thing. And some, some people don't know. Uh, they have to learn how to lend money. They have to learn how to manage that, uh, and hopefully they they will learn how to save a little bit later. And then only later they will think about insurance. So insurance is it, it's really uh, you know if you think about it you know typically you start uh, as new bank as Neon as you know the lending companies you start with lending and credit card, and then you go up uh, you know the value chain to 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 hopefully investments. And then, and then insurance. So insurance, insurance, and tech If you think about it, we're probably five, five to six years uh, late compared to, to fintech uh, in Brazil. And fintech is is going very strong uh, in Brazil and Mexico, especially because of New Bank and, and and you know they just recently IPO. They just showed the results yesterday, very good results in terms of you know cost of acquisition, cost of servicing under $1. So very, you know, good numbers for, for, for a new bank. Uh, And, you know, it was about, it was everything about, you know, giving credit for people to people that didn't have credit card Uh, in terms of insurance. So we have this big challenge of education as well, you know, trying to, to convince and educate people that, you know, we should protect yourself. We should protect your, device I think the device now smartphone insurance it's it's very it's going very well because you know uh, it's something that everyone values and, and it's part of their lives and you know it's part of their business sometimes uh, uh, we have a high unemployment uh, rate in Brazil under nine percent but still very high so a lot of people are you know independent contractors and and, and, and smartphone it's, it's it's a way they they do business life insurance did a little bit better during the pandemic because I think everything everyone uh, realized you know, you know I should think about that you know what happens uh, to my family uh, if i if I pass you know what happens you know, with who going, who is going to cover the costs of, of, of the funeral that are for some people uh, prohibitive and, and, and so on and in terms of future so we have this big challenge in, in, in education and in terms of future we have a newer generation that only buys online, uh, uh, Kakao is issuing uh, insurance policies in the NFT format for, for, for the last two and a half months. Uh, we're licensing that to, to other carriers uh, around the world. And I think the metaverse, uh, and I agree with Nigel again, and most of the time I agree with Nigel, except from football. Yeah, he follows a not very good team, but uh, <laughs> uh, most of the time we do agree. And uh, uh, I think the 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 carriers are the ones that are more equipped to to manage the digital risks uh, you know if it's a digital property if it's digital art nft if it's a digital currency if you are a, a digital broker although we did had some meetings with uh, people from from, from the lloyds of london uh, and the adjusters they some of some of the friends that that do this job they say you know we don't really can not price digital risk or cyber risk yet uh, the way we you want it but you know but that's natural it's it's a newer risk it's an emerging risk so it's going to get some time but even though they they you know they're very critic uh, uh, and they think they cannot price at their best still I think the best shot to price digital risk would be around uh, carriers reinsurance and insure tax that are that are part of the business. So it's going. I think there's going to be a lot of business around that. I am particularly very uh, interested in, in, in the ramifications of cyber. And I think that another trend, uh, it's, uh, it's services. Some of the big carriers in Brazil are already setting up services companies that basically is going to prevent risks uh, from happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially around commercial lines you know can i analyze your logistic chain and and see what are the risks and i will charge you for that so it's not premium so i was speaking to the cfo of a very large japanese carrier here in brazil and uh and, and and suddenly he realizes you know if i have a services company i don't have to make reserves, capital reserves, and say, yeah, it's perfect, right? It's better. So I think in the future, the the, the, the carriers, they're going to have a very solid services business with many ramifications around digital, cyber, logistics, transport, uh, uh, credit for, 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 for surety, for example, and a, and a carrier as well. So the traditional business and the services business.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I'm seeing it as well emerge. And then, you know, when you think about the data, which is always, already available from the, the Caillou business to actually help the service business to assess risk better, right? It's around building risk mitigation services for their client base. It would be amazing. Partly really when you look at sustainability and even helping big companies to make change as to how they move from fossil fuel to renewable energy, which I guess I call in transition economy, the transition risk. And so therefore, the opportunity around that, you're absolutely right, will be very services led to enable those companies to learn how they can mitigate the risk and get more transparency in understanding how they can actually ensure it more transparently and better. When Agreed. you look at... When you look at Kakao, actually, and uh, your journey into insurance land, I know you come from a technology background and your co-founder come from an insurance background, and you already touched so many different uh, areas of expertise of yours, even lens around trends of the future. What would be the lessons you will give? You would you give to uh, younger um, founders, coming into insurance technology into our world uh, because things are changing all the time. Right. And there are amazing opportunity coming all the time as well. But what would be the lesson learned you could share with you with them and the tips you would give them to avoid, you know, the mistakes?
1: Yeah. So I think that, uh, um, uh, I think that the, uh, the lesson is that it's not going to be as fast as you want. Right. So um it's always uh, not as fast as 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 we wish, so it's going to take time. So you have to be patient. You have to to be resilient. Uh, you're going to pivot. Don't be afraid to pivot. So you're going to pivot many many times uh, around the journey. Uh, I think you have to be uh, uh, aggressive in terms of technology. So we have seen, unfortunately, we have seen around the world, and I don't know you probably uh, checked that too. So there are many many companies that don't really have a, 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 a good uh, tech stack, right? So they're just, you know, it's just a little bit of cream on the top. So it's, it's just a, a front end. So uh, well, what I think it's interesting and, and, and I see the new faces now, I'm very excited about is it, that, you know, go to the deep tech, right? You know, uh, go to the things that are going to change the industry has a role, and, and, and somehow it's it's what we're trying to do in in cacao tech. So we have an underwriting engine. So let's license that, because as you do license, you have different perspectives around the world from different uh, customers and users, and we will improve. So uh, a key part also is data. You have to. Uh, uh, especially uh, you should have a, a data science from, from the, before you have the data, before you acquire the data, you have a, at the very least a, a data science uh, strategy uh, uh, for you set up. Uh, and, and another one is, you know, uh, go for it. You know, the, the world needs people that uh, have the courage to, to, to be an entrepreneur. So I have a big admiration for everyone, every single one, uh, from competitors to non-competitors all around the world. And I also uh, cheer for them. You know, a uh, big fan of LACA, for example, from Toby. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, we help each other around the world. So I think it's uh, um, something that uh, you should pursue. So it's going to take longer. You have to be patient. It's going to be tough. Uh, uh, it is a, a difficult journey. But I think if you have an underlying value, for example, such ourselves that, you know, we want to improve the, uh uh, reduced insurance gap uh, in latin america and now expanding that we want to 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 help with technology uh, you know reduce insurance gap around the world uh i think it's a it's a mission uh it's a value that you will carry uh that's going to be dear to your heart uh and will help you during the the difficult days because you know it happens. You have a lot of taxes to pay. You have payroll to meet. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you, you, you have to, you know, acquire a new business to have more, more cash. Sometimes you have to let go business not to have a higher risk. So uh, you have to manage all that. So, uh, but, but, you know, it has been a very um, uh, interesting time. Uh, I think it's just the beginning in sure, tech. I agree also with, uh, uh, our another friend Florian from, from France. Now it's just the beginning. You know, you might, you know, it might be true that there is a, a tech bubble somehow, but it's just the beginning. It's not going to change. Technology is going to transform uh, the way uh, insurance is done.
0: Well, we have so much new technology just in October last year, you know, there was this big push around the metaverse, uh, Web three zero, and NFTs, which we know we heard before, but there was a major, I think, shift when Facebook launched Meta and it became all about the metaverse and now if you see all the articles coming into the press, they're actually overwhelming. But at the same time, it it brings curiosity of what that means in our insurance world and you already mentioned it and you actually mentioned you're also doing NFTs. And it would be great for you to explain to us how an NFT works, actually, if you can, Enrique, because we talk about digital asset often, but we don't always understand what that means to insure digital asset. Can you explain this to us, please?
1: Yes, yes. So, so for people uh, at our age, Sabine, we will tell is just a, is just a, a little stamp. You know, it's just a little. <laughs> it's a digital stamp, uh, uh, as used to have in letters that don't exist anymore, or used to have in in, in papers or. Uh, we had this uh, used to have in Brazil uh, uh, football stamps with the players that you collect that right, or same thing in the, in in the US baseball cards. So it's just a baseball card in the digital space that sh- that it is uh, connected to, to 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 a blockchain and to underlying crypto. Uh, in our case, we use a Polygon because it's very similar to Ethereum. Although uh, uh, we're very concerned about the cost at the time in in. Polygon, it's it's a lot cheaper. So what we are doing, uh, we have an image of Anna which is our uh, uh, chatbot and our persona for customer assistance that we develop uh, in the beginning of Cacao, and she's using different clothing, uh, different scenarios, different uh, uh, outfits, uh, and we are issuing that and giving to to our customers as a token of appreciation. We don't expect to increase in value. And at the same time we have information that it's recorded in the blockchain. For us, it was really an experiment Sabine. So we wanted to be part of this metaverse conversation and we didn't know how, you know, because it is hard to understand even for the tech people. Uh, There's a lot of ramifications, a a lot of opportunities and at the same time, uh, a lot of challenges and confusion. So uh, we wanted just to test. So I I, I gave this uh, assignment to our tech team, uh, I think six months ago. Uh, and they they built like a MVP and it was viable. Uh, and then three months later, we were issuing, but still, still testing. And, and I, I can tell that, you know, uh, for the younger generation, it's something very interesting. I had a meeting with the regulator just the other day and asking, you know, if I could use uh, NFT as a policy, if that was okay. And he said, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about an NFT. Just a second. So he calls uh, his daughter, and his daughter says, "Yeah, that's great, you know." And, and he said, "You know, she said it's great. Uh, uh, let me just study a little bit, you know, if there's something against the law." But you know, uh, we had we had to go ahead, and we're doing so. Uh, it is a, 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 a newer thing, and and what we want to do in the future with that uh, NFT policy is that that will be a token that will, uh, you know, engage the person. And and this is a common theme, I think, around insurance. You know, how do I engage? Insurance is low touch. How do I engage with our, our customers? You know, sometimes, you know, we have a big life insurance company. They have like millions of customers and they don't engage, right? Uh, they do when when they pass, right? Someone does, not the, the customer. So, uh, you know, the NFT will be a token to, to unlock access to, 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 to shows, to conventions, uh, you know, we can do uh, all sorts of things to, 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 to that and, and, and try to engage the, the, the customer. So we are doing a project with a large carrier in Brazil with the broker. So the brokers will have an NFT. It's kind of a, you know, a price and that price will unlock uh, uh larger discounts and, and commissions and access to uh, football stages and and, thing, and things like that. But it's, it's just the beginning. What we want to do is like, you know, just try it and see how it goes. You know, what are the the, the, the ramifications and what people are going to say. And the, the, the younger generation uh, are very excited about the crypto community in Brazil, you know, uh, said a lot of good things about us. Uh, but of course, the older generation don't really care, you know, they they, they don't even uh, um, uh, download or not the download, but access their NFT via their uh, digital wallet, they don't have a crypto wallet. Uh, um, anyway, so, you know, uh, I think it's more like thinking about the future and testing something new and see what are the, the, the opportunities around that.
0: Yeah. So I mean you you already mentioned a big part of, of things we need to do in insurance education, but then you actually reiterated it with this metaphor on NFTs and you as a startup testing, learning, developing new products, but not being in a rush, right? Because at the end of the way you want you want something which is regulatory compliant and at the same time a customer want that might be the new generation wanting to ensure their NFT arts or um, the NFT art on the Instagram or whatever that might be, and uh, keep the value of the asset long-term. Which means if there is an asset, even though it might be digital, there is an opportunity for policy. And with digital policy, as you highlighted, there is also cybersecurity. So another opportunity to improve our cybersecurity policies. Now, you also highlighted an interesting trend because... You set up Kakao, and I remember when you set up Kakao, it was all about the insurance side of the business. Today, you also have a platform which enable others. And so I would like to link my question with your views around the future of embedded. So we talk about embedded insurance, for some it's a buzzword, but what I can see is when you think truly about embedded, for me, it's about infrastructure as a service. It's about designing and producing new product and services involving others. So it's about building digital ecosystems as well. It's actually looking at product and services slightly differently and not being shy that if you don't have everything off the shelf, you can actually get it from somebody else. What's your view of the future of embedded and how you're embracing it when you look at LATAM in Brazil right now, Enrique.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think it's a very interesting opportunity. Um, it's not as big as 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 some people say. You know, it's it's. I think it's fairly big, but embedded insurance has been around for centuries, right? And somehow, not in the digital uh, sense, but you know, we we always had embedded uh, insurance. So insurance always was a a very good product in in financial services and and retail, big retail, to be part of the offer, right? Uh, What I think it's now uh, happening and it's just the beginning in Brazil and and, and we have done uh, some partnerships around that and we are helping that. Uh, What we're seeing right now is like, okay, so let's do in the digital space. It is uh, easy, you know, it is uh, automatically uh, and, you know, uh, at a fair price, you know, and and you actually communicate it. But I think, you know, the, one of the challenges that we had here in Brazil and probably around the world, around the, uh, the former in insurance prior to the digital space was that, was uh, sometimes you would buy it and, and you didn't even know, right? You're just uh, leaving the, the store and, 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 you, and you get home and you realized you pay uh, X warranty for, for your couch and, and you didn't realize at the store and then, you just leave it and, or, or, or go back and, and, and ask for the refund because you didn't want it. Now, uh, when you do it uh, with digital, you can, you know, educate more and have a, a, a better conversation around that. And I think it's very valuable for the customers because, you know, uh, there is no point of buying insurance. If you don't want to buy insurance, uh, you're just, you know, doing uh, something that it's in my work in the short term for your quarter. For your numbers uh, in terms of uh, you know gross rate and premium but it's not going to work overall and, and especially around the customer satisfaction. Uh, probably the the best example of embedded insurance in Latin America and I'm probably going to say in the world right now is Bank, because you know uh, in less than a year you have 700 policies uh, and we are part of the project uh, uh, back in the days in the very beginning around the smartphone insurance so they launch first smartphone insurance then they move to smartphone insurance and life insurance both with Chubb a studio uh, you know it's really really great because they communicate very well so it's not like they're selling uh, something and pretending it's not insurance so they communicate very well very well i am a, a, a customer i'm a customer of the bank so you know, I get all the, the the emails and and the push notifications and all that. So they communicate very well. It's very fair. Uh, if there is a doubt, they always choose pro customer and things like that. So, uh, as you know, right now a lot of policies uh, uh, lower uh, churn. Not very actual. Not very good results in terms of 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 loss ratio, as far as you know. But that probably is going to be a better. You know. Uh, after that, so it's not a problem. And in terms of uh, uh, innovation uh, and tech, uh, Sabine, it's, I think it's part of, of our discussion last year. You know, how can cacao or how can the market help? And I think the answer is going is going to be tech because you know we were having this conversation last uh, week with the, uh, with the with the with forum with a panel. And, and people were asking, is that insured tech? Is that health tech? Is that uh, life tech? No, it's tech. It's tech, you know, the common theme is tech. So, uh, and that's why we set up a, a, a tech entity to, to try to help uh, uh, and spread the, the, the technology around the world. There is value because, you know, as you acquire more data, diverse data from different geographies, you know, you are improving the, the, the overall experience. And what we we're telling the, especially the carriers and and and, and big brokers, what we we're telling them, you know, you, you don't have to worry about uh, the tech, you know, you have a, a SaaS offer, which uh, you have a very strong contract with SLAs. So if you don't meet the SLAs, you know, you don't pay or, or you just fire me. But you don't have to, you know, to worry about the business requirement becoming an IT requirement, and then the IT requirement becoming code. You know, that's challenging because. Now, everything is like this. You're going to code everything. So you might as well become a tech company or have a, or have tech partners. So, you know, uh, and somehow I agree uh, uh, with uh, Matteo Carboni. He says that every uh, insurance care is going to be an insure tech. Um, I think that every company is going to be a tech company, right? And, but in the beginning, uh, you might... Uh, uh, need some help. And I think you know, partnerships are going to occur around the big players like Google, Amazon and, 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 uh, and IBM and Microsoft Azure and, and the others.
0: Yes, and every business definitely will become uh, a tech business and party insurers. And I feel always uh, really, um, really encouraged and uh, inspired when I work with uh, incumbents, right, established players who actually recognize themselves, that they are going to become or are becoming more tech-led and recognizing the balance between services so technology they are going to acquire from others to enable them to produce and launch your product and services much faster and things that they need from the core. You mentioned UBank, and I thought, I don't know whether you listened to the podcast I had with Andrew Kohns from Bulltech. I mean, this is a really interesting podcast because we're chatting about, you know, them building the first insurance exchange, the largest one around the globe. And today, Andrew was saying to me that they are actually passing through their platform over 44 billion us dollar in terms of quoted premium annually so not insignificant and their whole proposition is an embedded proposition so more to be seen i think on this on this uh on this arena but at the same time enrique what are you know the, the challenges and things we need to pay attention to when we look at the future? Because we have all this tech, right? We have all those big trends, all these disruptive trends coming at us. What are the things we need to watch out for as we move to this future tech world?
1: Yeah, I, I think we, we don't have to be uh, drunk with the tech, right? Because, you know, and you know this from the beginning, and we used to make fun. We used to go to events and say, okay, let's do, uh, a play a game here if they say blockchain ai uh big data and, and, and data science uh, you know the same uh, um, panel you know we're going to check that and, and we win the game so a lot of buzzwords right so we have to be uh, uh careful about that i think it's it, it, it's a fair point uh and don't forget about the, the industry fundamentals we have seen many companies uh and some are public right that's from the IPO going down more than 90% because they didn't, they didn't think about loss ratio. They didn't think about combined ratio that are the very fundamentals of the industry. And this is thanks to my co-founder being in the industry, you know, since the get go, he would, he would come to me and say, Hey, this is not e-commerce. We're not selling shoes. We're selling insurance. So it's not just selling game. We have to underwrite. And that's, uh, that's why we design an underwriting engine. So we have seen an, Many companies uh, uh, around the world uh, going to, to to ways that are not sustainable, and we know that, and they are suffering in the public or private markets. Uh, so we have to to look around that, and, and actually, uh, as you do that, you know, if you think about, you know, how can I improve my loss ratio, and as an insurtech, and if you license that, you're creating a, a greater impact because you're going to 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 you know big big full-time carriers and say, hey, I have an engine. Can you test it and see if it improves your number in that specific line? Or they will come to us and say, okay, you're doing that for a smartphone. Can you do that for uh, commercial lines? Is that a possibility? Can you test that? So, you know, you're improving uh, uh, the ecosystem and, 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 and the market uh, as a whole. And I think that's that's very relevant. So you cannot forget the basic principles, you know, Going back to the basics, you know, the loss ratio, the 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 combined ratio. Because in the beginning, it looked like it was, you know, only about growth. Let's grow, grow, grow. There's a lot of money in the market, uh, you know. Uh, and then, for financial services, insurance uh, and banking, we know that it's not it's not the case. So lending is suffering, you know, with, with the same problem. You know, just giving money away, and, and you know. And you don't collect, you know, if you open a stand at London, at the city of London, giving 100 pounds, you know, people will show up and and collect the money, you know, they were doing that. So you have to underwrite uh, the credit as well. I think that's, that's the most important thing. And again, going back to tech, you know, the tech that you are producing will have value. You know, it's not only about growth, it's not only about design, it's not only about the nice uh, communications and logo and conversations. There's also, you know, something under the hood, there's an engine that has to go and provide uh, better results overall.
0: Absolutely, and you know, I often call them a invention engine. So, which takes me to to a question I have for you. Looking at uh, you know, LATAM in terms of corporate venturing. So, you know, the, the role of co- a corporate venturist is partly to source for ventures, invest in them, but also look at the opportunity, how you fulfill the need of those startups and ventures you have in portfolio to enable them to find the customers of the future. Some corporate venturists also go into venture building. So when they can't find what they are looking for out there and they see what potential, in a, in a opportunity, they will build, you know, or find help amongst the ecosystem to build what is missing out there. How does that play? in Brazil, how do you interact with the corporate venture arm of the big insurance company? And you see this as a growing market in LATAM.
1: Definitely, I think so. So there's this uh, very popular uh, number one in auto insurance in Brazil called Porto Seguro. They just finalized an acquisition uh, last Friday from their corporate venture arm. So. Uh, the corporate venture, I think it's uh, uh, probably one of the most important uh, um, sides of, of venture capital because, you know, they understand, they understand very deeply the underlying uh, industry that they are investing most of the time. It should be, right? So uh, in case of Porto Seguro, they were investing in, 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 in tech and tech related to insurance or, 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 or insure tax. In the case of Banco Torrengine, they have a very good arm. It's it's a bank from a, a traditional uh, cement company in Brazil, but it, it, it's a bank that invested in, in, in Neon. Neon it's the second largest neo bank of Brazil, uh, rival to to, to competitor of, of New Bank. So they also they, they also understand very deeply uh, banking, and, and they also made a in recent investment in, in an insure tech around auto that it's going to be kind of a, you know, embed out insurance. So they're going to pay, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get the loan and it's, and you get the, the, the insurance uh, with the loan. So, uh, but what I like about corporate venture is the level of understanding it's similar to, it's similar to reinsurance we, we, we had a, we still have a great relationship with, with reinsurers, but I think they have the, the understanding around finance and, 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 and insurance act. So uh, that's, that's very, re- very relevant because, you know, you might be able to actually get a higher valuation and more money if you not go to corporate ventures, but they don't have a, a deep understanding of that market. So it might be uh, a time bomb, a lot of money, a lot of growth, no fundamentals, and in the end, uh, a non-sustainable business. If you don't have a sustainable business in financial services insurance, there is no value because no one is going to acquire a, an insurance company running at two hundred percent of combined ratio. No one is going to acquire uh, a lending company with bad uh, first payment default uh, numbers. Uh, so you know it, you have to do it. Uh, still early days of corporate venture in Brazil within uh, financial services and, uh, and, and 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 issue tech. But there's a lot uh, of activity. There's a in this uh, big. Uh, retail uh, company called Henner also with a corporate venture arm from a former Oracle executive uh, Marie and uh, uh, and you know it's going to come up uh, with very interesting uh, propositions and uh, especially with the level of uh, understanding that they will uh, expedite the, the journey because you know they are more connected to that specific uh, business or business problem.
0: You know, with this world of uh, of startup, and you mentioned it yourself, this world of tech, uh, and, and the tech which is moving super fast, unique ways to find funding and invest in them, partly through the VC channel where the metrics are very much about financial returns. What I like with the corporate venture arm of a business is you still have this driver around finance. Let's just be clear, we need to drive financial return and financial performance, but you have much more strategic alignment as well with the corporate goals, objectives. So for me, it's easier to translate and actually align myself to it. But what I also see, which fascinates me, is evolution Of um, let's say the practice where once upon a time it was very much about investment, but more and more what we are seeing is uh, companies understanding that they have a source, you know, sourcing and understanding of problems to company like mine, um, also designing frameworks within the enterprise to actually accelerate their ability to industrialize and democratize the techniques of corporate venturing. But now I also see very few, very few actually Enrique some moving into venture build. And I know the venture build is the most complicated part of the equation because it's high risk, but potentially high return. And so the world we are in is evolving continuously and it's part of what uh, fascinates me and inspire me every day.
1: Yeah, I think that for the build part, they should hire um, you and, and your crew, uh, but they should hire someone, right? It, I agree with you, it's, it's higher risk. Uh, uh, higher return. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's very interesting. And we had this conversation before, right? So I've been uh, back in the days. Uh, if you are big corporate and you want to partner with a startup, partner not, is not corporate venture yet. But if you want just to partner, have a partnership, uh, and they are early stage, you know, you might kill the startup. Because, you know, if you're a big company, it's going to take like a year for you to run the project, prove the thesis, and then, they run out of money, right? So uh, um, you you have to act faster. You have to 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 at the very least have a department of a cell taking care of that, and, and corporate venture makes that goes uh, better, you know, because you know you're providing uh you providing agreement, you're providing uh, corporate capital, you're uh, solving a, probably a, a, a problem that is related to the to the to to the main corporate that, that it's running the show and building, you can leave that to, 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 to you know, uh, practitioners or, 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 the, or and entrepreneurs. Right. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of value to, to be captured because, you know, a, a big corporate to do that sometimes, uh, you know, they want to launch like a new, uh, innovation or new product is going to take a year you can do that in weeks with uh with a startup if you engage in a proper way
0: yeah absolutely and that is bring that outside in thinking it's very important today where you do proper corporate venturing is very much understanding the alignment within your internal resources and bringing people from the outside so what would be your last few words you would like to leave with our audience and ricky today
1: yeah so uh First of all, Sabine, so thank you for having me. It's it's always a, a good discussion and uh, hopefully we'll do in person uh, soon uh, with you, uh, with Nigel, Florian, uh, Dr. Kiera. It's always good to meet uh, uh, your team and, and Toby. Uh, you know, I think that uh, it has been, uh, professionally, it has been the best Uh Uh, challenge and journey for me so I'm very happy uh, about that Uh, and I think there's a big opportunity for all of us to work Uh, so if you want to know more about Brazil and Latin please reach out to me on LinkedIn and find me Uh, let's work together I think there's a lot of value of uh, working together there is insurance market for everyone
0: There is insurance market for everyone. Those are wide, wise words. So if people want to reach out to, to you, they just find Enrique Volpi on LinkedIn, and then they can reach out as well to Kakao, right? I know your website is also on LinkedIn.
1: Yes, and uh, or you can uh, reach, reach me at uh, Twitter as well. Uh, Volpi, uh, my last name, IT, at Volpi IT. I'm there. Uh, I don't post as as much as Nigel, uh, but I do post some. <laughs>
0: we we all post. I don't know whether we all post as much as Nigel, but Nigel is on the Peloton, yeah. so you know, usually yeah. <laughs> we check yeah, out his numbers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what it is, right? He's uh, on Peloton and, and and posting all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Enrique, thank you so much for your time and looking forward to seeing you hopefully in the next few weeks and not months.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine Van Der Linden. Thank you.